Views and opinions expressed on this program are those solely of its speakers and do not necessarily reflect the views and opinions of WMUA, its management board, or the board of trustees of the University of Massachusetts. Isabella's there! And he's going to make it in the end zone! Hi, I'm Victor Cruz, junior wide receiver for the UMass Minutemen. James E. Hennybro, Sue Mass. Pronap into that far side. Wow. Yes, with the catch. That looked wow. like a catch, yeah. Tajay Sharp with Ken Crawley draped all over him. This is UMass football. WMUA Sports. Ladies and gentlemen, boys and girls, children of all ages, welcome back to another episode of this UMass football show only on 91.1 WMUA Sports. I am Kyle Miller, joined by Sean Aldred and the debuting Brandon McGrevy. We are here to bring you everything that you need to know about this upcoming New Mexico State matchup. Big game for the Minutemen. But before, let's start with a snapshot. Let's start with the summer. UMass is coming off the bye week, 1-6 start on the season. And I got to ask, so far going in, what is ha- what what has been your biggest surprise of this season? I think how inept the offense has been. I think that would be my biggest surprise the year. They've really struggled all year. And I think it's a combination of things. It's new coaching staff, obviously. It's quarterbacks that don't have a lot of experience. I think Ellis Merriweather um, and the season he's had has been disappointing from what I think a lot of Minuteman fans expected from last year. Um, but I would say those are my biggest surprises. I just think... Even under Walt Bell, who was not a good head coach by any means, this offense you know, was better than they are now. So I don't know the reasoning behind it. I'm a little confused by it. I think the offense is more talented than they were last year, um, but they've really struggled to move the ball at all. That would be probably my biggest surprise. Brennan, what about you? I would say my biggest surprise is UMass's offense as well because I feel like they've got a better talented roster on offense this season. Um, but the surprise to me has been how they just haven't been as effective in the passing game. I mean, every quarterback they've had has thrown more interceptions than touchdowns so far this season. And when teams know you're going to run the ball, it makes it more predictable. So that's what's been surprising to me so far. Yeah, I mean, this offense has been stagnant to say the very least. I mean, non-existent at worst. But I want I'm a glass half full guy. I'm going to talk about the positive surprises, and I think it's been Jordan Mahoney. After a freshman campaign that was injury riddled, didn't really get a lot of reps. He has become a star for this UMass defense. Three interceptions, two forced fumbles, two fumble recoveries, two defensive touchdowns. I mean, you're looking at a guy who's only a sophomore. So get him a couple more years. Get him under his belt. Get him some more experience under this Don Brown defense. He is going to be a star, I think, in the entire country. I mean, he's the only he's the only player still with a fumble recovery for a touchdown and a pick six. So to have that kind of going for you, just to have this piece, and this whole defense has been really good, surprising so far because they've just been stopping guys. If the offense was playing as good as this defense has, this is a bowl team. I believe that. Which I know is a stretch to I mean, set. that shows you how far away the offense that is. is. But it also shows you how where the defense is at right now. Yes, the defense is really good. I mean, top to bottom. The linebackers are good. I think they could get more pressure on the quarterback, um, which I think is something that Don Brown has done an okay job with trying to balance, you know, 
how aggressive he is with you know the blitzes we see from the defense and all of that. Um, the defensive line, I think, could use some work. They've been kind of beat up this year. Um, so getting a little more pressure, I feel like it's the only weak spot of this defense, though. I mean, when you go down the list, they force turnovers. They're really good on third down. I mean, they do everything you really want out of a solid defense, and that is all coaching. That comes exactly from the top, from Don Brown. This defense was so terrible last year, and a lot of these guys, you know, a lot of them are new. A lot of them are, some of them are returners. You know, really stepped up this year. I thought they gave a, they've given a really surprising performance. Um, but again, the offense and special teams don't help them whatsoever. They yeah. get backed up. The defense is put in tough positions all the time. And I like the way they've responded to a lot of them. But it's just hard, you know, when you're put constantly in bad position after bad position, and then you give up, you know, forty points. You know, it sounds kind of ridiculous to talk about a defense that you know has given up a huge number of points this year. But they have been really, really good this year and surprising. You know, I didn't think that this defense would come together as quickly as they have. Yeah. I mean, Brennan, when you see this defense, because going into it last season, you saw that there were pieces, but you didn't think they'd be able to put it together so quickly and just have this ability to play. I mean, what has been, how has this defense looked to you? This defense has looked pretty good to me for the positions they've been put in so far this season. I mean, you talk about the struggles on the special teams and the offense setting them up where the defense is backed on the uh, other side of the field to where the offense of the opposing team has a better chance to score. But I think the defense has played really well. I think Jordan Mahoney has played phenomenal this season, and I think he'll continue to get better under Don Brown, especially uh, his defensive schematics that he's brought to the team. But um, I think that this defense is uh, very good, and I think the score doesn't tell the whole story because they are put in situations where the team is pretty much in the red zone. When it, like starting drives due to the lack of offense and special teams. Yeah, I mean, there's only so much you can do when you start with your backs against the wall like that. I mean, Ben don't break works only to a certain extent. I mean, there's going to be a point where you're going to let up touchdowns. I mean, that's not the defensive fault. For the offense, you got to play that field position game a little better. And speaking of the offense, I do want to talk about a couple of guys because when looking at the first half of the season, we know defense has been good, offense has been weakness. But when you look at specifically some issues that I have, and I think it's Going into this season, two guys who on offense were supposed to be your consistent guys, supposed to be your playmakers, Ellis Merriweather and Josiah Johnson. Those guys have not been on the field. I know Merriweather's been having some injury some injury problems. 66 carries, 240 yards, one touchdown. That first touchdown came last week against Buffalo. I mean, Josiah Johnson, six catches and 20 yards. That's got to be better. He's your red zone threat. He's a guy who can do it all. I mean, he was a guy who was flirting with quarterback in the spring. So when you have a guy who can do that many things, you need to find a way to give him the ball. I mean, I don't know if you guys agree, but he's the one player that I'm looking at where you got to get this kid the ball more. Yeah, absolutely. I mean, these are guys that were Phil Steele, all independent players, preseason all picks, all independent picks. And Ellis Merriweather made the all independent team last year. Uh, going to your point about Josiah Johnson, I think that is more of an offensive coordinator, more of a quarterback issue than it is a Josiah Johnson problem. Oh, I to agree, be totally, okay. I don't think it's. On I, I want to make that clear yeah, because I don't that think as well. that this is on Josiah Johnson because he does everything that you ask him to do, and even the coaching staff. The reasoning, not you know, continuing him playing quarterback into the fall, Don Brown told us was because he thought he had a chance to play at the next level at yeah. tight end. This is somebody who's really good. And the numbers don't show it, and it's disappointing that the numbers don't show it because he's 
He's very, very talented. He blocks at an elite level. It's, it's something. It's blocker. the best part of his game, to yeah. be honest with you. He's like having a six-down lineman out there. He's an incredible blocker. But you mentioned the red zone threat. I mean, you got to get to the red zone to be a red zone threat. Something this UMass team has not done. But also, they just don't get him the ball ever. No. It really like frustrates me because... But when you think about it, it frustrates me because he's so talented and you should find ways to get him the ball. But I think this way, the way that the UMass receivers have gotten the ball have been mostly screen passes, you know, little like swing out routes, everything like out of the backfield in motion. And he's a tight end, so he's not going to be put in that situation. But also, if you're Steve Kasula, play to the strength of your freaking team. I mean, that's, that, that's my really... I've been so frustrated watching this offense all year, and I think part of it falls on Steve Kasula at this point to figure this out. You have talented players. Figure it out. Look what UConn's doing. UConn's, you know, UConn's everybody, on their teams, game. everybody on their team's injured to start yeah. the season. They don't have their starting quarterback. Nathan Carter's been in and out with injury all year, and guess what they do? They're still winning games and competitive in basically every game they play, and they're going to beat BC this week, which I'm going to call that now, but when you go down the list here, there's no reason why this UMass team should be as inept as they are offensively. And look, not all of it's on Steve Kasula. There have been offensive struggles on the field. You mentioned Ellis Merriweather's injury problem. The quarterbacks, I don't, I don't think anyone knows what's going on with the quarterbacks, including the coaching staff, to be totally honest with you. So there's lots of issues all across this offense, but... They have talent. That's I think they that's have the most frustrating the, they have thing. Pieces to not they have, be the seven point exactly. game team. They have some pieces. They should not be ranked dead last in basically every offensive category in all of America. So figure it out. That's on the coaching staff. That's kind of my big critique. Figure it out. How do you get your playmakers the ball? How do you make sure that Ellis Merriweather is at the top of his game? How do you make sure that Josiah Johnson is at the top of his game? This team's better when those two guys are getting the ball. I want to talk about UConn because you brought up UConn. It's a really good point. I mean, we're going to talk about them a little in just just a couple minutes. But with UConn playing the way they are, it puts pressure. How much mess. extra pressure does? I mean, I don't know about pressure, but expectations. Do you think more? It's now disappointment so far this season because it is the first year of a rebuild. So obviously, you're not going to come out. You're not going to be ten and two. You're not going to have this great season, but. How does that affect where they have where they are right now in this in kind of the look of the Northeast? I would say um, it definitely is an eye opener for UMass because UConn, especially facing all the injuries they have, they're still sitting at a very solid record. I mean, talking about um, how far they've come. I mean, I think UMass can do that. And again, like you guys were saying, um, getting their playmakers in the red zone more involved, the great blocking tight end, working maybe some schematics with Johnson or getting him the ball with a slant in the end zone or something like that. Get him, get him more involved that way. And I think it comes down uh, to the play, play calling as well. And um, injuries have obviously played a factor, but I think they definitely got to get um, Johnson more involved. Yeah, I mean, in the red zone. W- let's look at this back half of the season because this is the stretch for the Minutemen fans where you say, hey, we got to make some noise. We got to do something. Because when you look at the CBS Sports excellent bottom 25, UMass is number one, which is not good, but hey, UMass is number one. But anyway, when you look, you have New Mexico State on there. You have um, Arkansas State coming on there. Army just got off of it. UConn was on it for a while. They are now off of it. So there are teams that are very winnable, and the pressure is starting to get on them now because you got to be competitive at the bare minimum. Like, that is the you have to be competitive. You cannot get blown out by Arkansas State. You can't get blown out by New Mexico State. Can't get blown out by UConn. Can't get blown out by Army. 
Texas A and M, Texas A and M. I mean, I know there's a lot going on in that program, but they're still just talent wise, just so above. But looking at this, looking at the rest of the season, what do you see this Minutemen doing? All right, so this is a must-win game for UMass this week, I which agree. we are going to touch on some more. But this is a huge game for the Minutemen. I think this is their best chance to win a game, and you know, for the rest of the season, to be honest with you. But when you go through the rest of that schedule, talk about UConn. UConn is interesting for a lot of reasons. Obviously, there's the rivalry aspect there that brings that extra edge, extra juice. They both have, they're in very similar situations starting this season, and now it seems that UConn has definitely gotten better. They're yeah. you know three and five. They've picked up a bunch of good wins this year. You know they played Utah State really tough to start the season. They've been really competitive in a few games. They beat Fresno State. They beat FIU. They should have beaten Ball State last week. They're going to play BC this week, which is another chance for them to pick up a win. UMass is a chance for them to pick up a win. They play Liberty, who they probably they won't gonna beat. Be BC? I really do think they're going to be really? BC. I think they're going to go in. Uh, they're going to go into this week. Games at home for UConn. That'll be a huge game for them. Everybody knows it. Is that I BC think bias though? It's it's a seven. They're seven and a half point dogs. I think. That's and not I bad. just don't think that BC's talented, and I think they've given up on the season. To be honest with you, talent wise, BC's got more talent in the field. Halfley and Jerkovic coaching for his life. I, right I agree. Now. I think this is ugly. This is a BC team that was supposed to be. Pretty good this year. Obviously, it comes down to if they're going to be able to defend Zay Flowers, who's the best receiver in the ACC. Yeah. But I really do think that they beat BC this week because I, I think BC will take them lightly, and I don't think UConn will. I think Jim Mora has his guys ready to play every single week, and I can't say the same for Halfley. Yep. So that would be my take on that game. But if we focus, so shifting UMass, yeah, shifting back, shifting back to like, UMass. Um, but. UConn's been so good this year. I think it puts extra pressure on Don Brown on the athletic department at UMass to try and figure this out a little bit quicker because you started off at the same spot here and now UConn's pulling ahead. So whether you want to sh- make it a competition or not, it always is going to be. It doesn't matter you know, the way you look at it. But I think going down for the rest of the season, you got UConn, the athletic ranks the one through 131 teams in uh, all of college football. UMass is ranked 131st, dead last, and they have been for the last two weeks. New Mexico State is 125th. UConn is 106th. Arkansas State is 105th. Texas A&M is 50, and Army is 104. You're facing all teams that are sub-100 there, aside from A&M. These games should be close. They should be competitive. If they're not, UMass has a problem on their hands. So that's kind of my, my frustration with this program, is that you now have the games where this is going to show you how good this team is, and this is going to be the building block for next year. If they roll over and they get crushed in these games, it's really going to be demoralizing for the fans, this program, the players, and the coaching staff. Yeah, I mean, Brandon, do you agree too? Yeah, I agree. The New Mexico State game screams must win to me. I mean, coming off the bye at 1-6, and six, um, this game is definitely the most winnable game, I'd say, on the rest of their schedule. Um, and I think, like what Sean was saying, all these games are definitely... Going to be close games aside from that Texas A&M game, and I think that um, they would definitely help UMass go in the right direction heading into next season, um, and helping the players just have more confidence overall and to stick with the program and stuff. Yeah, I mean, I, before we talk about New Mexico State, what you said about UConn is very correct. I think that when you see the way that this UMass and UConn, 
I don't want to say it's a rivalry yet. It is going to be. It, I it mean, will be. It just will thinking be. they they do play. Yeah, for, for the next year. yeah. ten years so or whatever. It is, so. it is going to be. So we're at we're at the very early stages of that, and I think that also the way that both off seasons happen, where both the UConn and UMass both got their new head coach for these next ten years, especially when they play, they are going to be very intertwined. This is going to be a competition between these two schools. Who is doing better? Who is going to be the guy to get the next recruit? That's the competition now. I mean, I don't even think you put BC in there, URI, Maine. I think it's UConn and UMass right now. And there's no problem with that. There's no shame in that because you want to build up this kind of competitiveness because it helps out both programs to have this because let's face it, neither of these programs have really had a team that really go against year after year. I mean, there's none. There's just no. There's just no chance for it. But moving on, New Mexico State this Saturday, three thirty p.m. Me and Sean will be on the call only on ninety one one WMUA Sports. Be sure to tune in. There will be a good one. But this game is must win. Simple as that. They have not. New Mexico State has not won a road game since 2018. 21 straight losses for these Aggies. UMass cannot be the team to break that streak. I mean, must win, must win, must win. I don't know how many times I have to say it. Sean, Brennan, I mean, you guys both agree with me. This is the must win game. Stony Brook game was the must win game of the year, but this is number two. Yeah, I mean, you look at New Mexico State's schedule, a loss to Nevada, a loss to Minnesota, a loss to UTEP, a loss to Wisconsin. They did beat Hawaii at home. Hawaii is another team that's, you know, in They're that bottom, bottom of the yeah. barrel yeah. Um, with the Minutemen. They're in the CBS New Mexico Sports State. Bottom Yes, they are. Uh, a close loss to FIU, an FIU team that UConn beat. Um and a close win against New Mexico in their last game. They were supposed to play San Jose State last week. I think it's worth mentioning that game was postponed um, due to a death in the San Jose State program. So they've now had two weeks without playing a game. You know, same as the Minutemen, coming off a bye pretty much. Um, it becomes really interesting for both these teams. I think New Mexico State views this as they need to win this game. You know, they need to continue to show progress here, keep their head above water. Um, but for the Minutemen, there's there's no excuse. You got to win this game. It's homecoming. It's an absolute must win. You're facing a team that is also very very bad. I cannot stress this enough. New Mexico State is terrible. They are so bad, and UMass just has to win for so many reasons. Um, but if you want faith in the coaching staff, if you want faith in these players, this game has got to be a win. Um, the fans may be pretty outraged if they don't win this week. Yeah, I mean, as you can see, the fans are really starting to slowly and slowly kind of descend into that anger. And I also want to say it, I say it every week, it is season one. you got to give this team time. you got to give this program time to get it right. This bye week was huge for recruiting. They were all over the country. They were all over the place. Making sure that they get it for next season, get the guys coming in. So you got to remember that. We're in year one of this of this process that's going to take multiple years. It's going to be a long time. But... Looking at New Mexico State, let's take a look at this offense. Their offense, most of their scoring goes through the ground, 10 rushing touchdowns compared to only four passing. There are two-man running back games, Star Thomas and Jomani Jones. They kind of split the carries, honestly, one-to-one, so either of those guys can get on the field for the Aggies. For wide receivers, they have their deep ball threat, Justice Powers, but Cordell David is their, tight, their touchdown threat, two touchdowns on the season. Brennan, looking at this offense, I mean, what do you see for them that kind of makes them? Because they have trouble scoring points, and I think it starts with the quarterback. I agree, yeah. Um, most of their touchdowns have come from the running game. I mean, just like UMass, um, their passing game just hasn't been that great this season. Their quarterbacks, Diego Pavia and Gavin Frakes, just haven't, haven't been getting the job done for them. And um, so UMass 
if their defense knows going in that they're going to be a run-heavy offense ahead of time that can give them the leverage to shut down the offense early and give them the momentum they need to get the lead early on keep it. Yeah, it's interesting with uh, Pavi on Frakes. They both have the same amount of attempts, but, I mean, when you look at Frakes, 200 yards more. I mean, four touchdowns and six interceptions. Pavia has zero touchdowns and four interceptions, so I think that Frakes is the better of the duo. It's a matter of who you will see out there. I mean, Sean, looking at this offense, I mean, this defense, this UMass defense is probably licking their lips right now. Yeah, I think this New Mexico State defense, offense, excuse me, is going to struggle this week. Um, you know, n- no real consistent quarterback play. Frakes is okay. He's better than any of the options UMass has, to be honest with you. But he's not great either. Um, I think the biggest thing for UMass this week is making sure they force a few more turnovers. they got to give their offense opportunities again, like they do almost every single week. Um, the rushing attack is okay. It's running back by committee over there. Star Thomas is their RB1. Um, great name, by the way, Star Thomas. you got to be good with that name. Exactly. You have to be good. Uh, he's got... 61 attempts, 326 rushing yards. Jamani Jones has 62 attempts and 217 rushing yards. They'll be the backs you see a lot of um, on Saturday at McGurk. And then when you go to the receiving core, um, I would say the two guys to really watch out for, Justice Powers, who's leading the team in receptions, uh, in yards, excuse me, and then Cordell David, who's leading the team in receptions and in touchdowns. So those two guys will be something that UMass has to watch out for. But again, just saying those guys aren't a DeMario Douglas from Liberty, somebody of that type of caliber. I really think this UMass defensive backcourt shuts down New Mexico State this week. I mean, I'm just speaking off the top of my head, Jordan Mahoney and Josh Wallace will absolutely clamp these down. guys. Yeah, yeah. I mean, I, I really think that Frank is going to have a hard time um, dealing with this UMass defensive secondary. Before we get going, I do want to talk about this because going into the bye week, mentioned Demario Douglas, one of the best players that UMass has played against. Who do you think is the best player that the Minutemen have faced so far this season? <sighs> off the top, I think I got my pick. That's tough. Off the top of my head, um, let me think here. All right, Tyje Spears was really that good. was that was mine. That was my he's pick. been really good just... all year. DeQuan Finn is also another guy that kind of jumped out to me off the top of my head. And Demario Douglas. Those three probably are the three that, you know, speak to me. Yeah. Right up front, but probably have to dive into it. But probably Ty J. Spirits. He's been pretty incredible this year for Tulane, who's ranked, by the way. Yeah. I continues mean, to just, thing. you know, beat teams left and right. So makes it look like it wasn't such a bad loss for the Minutemen, um, you know, in week one. Yeah. Sorry. I just need to say that. I was just a little curious saying it. But move on to this defensive side of the ball. Defense doesn't really cause any turnovers. The ratio is minus nine on the year. Their one guy that you want to keep out for has got to be Chris Ojo. Their linebacker is the anchor of this team. Leads the Aggies in both tackles and sacks with 61 and 4, respectively. Brennan, looking at this defense, what kind of jumps out to you to say, hey, UMass offense needs to key in on that? They definitely, yeah, they definitely need to key in on Chris Ojo as he, like you said, leads the team in tackles and also has four sacks on the season with a pass deflected. He will be a guy they want to watch out for and make sure that they have a lineman looking out for him or, uh, playing the ball away from him as much as possible because he's definitely one of their better players on defense. And they definitely want to... Um, I think they definitely want to establish a run game early because if they can establish the running game and then New Mexico State thinks they're just going to keep running it, then they can open up the passing game. And if they establish a run game early, I think that gives will give UMass confidence and will help them against this defense because... Uh, New Mexico State's secondary isn't as great as their front seven. So if they can establish the passing game, um, I think that could also open up the running game and vice versa because um, 
like they're they only have two interceptions total on the season, and um, they have no defensive touchdowns on the season so far. So I think UMass could definitely take advantage in the air on this defense um, secondary. And I think that that's key. Yeah, I mean, this is a team where the UMass offense can take control. Not take control, but they can take some risks down the field. They don't, the UMass, I mean, this secondary doesn't have a player who can kind of make this kind of highlight play. So why not take some risks, throw it down the field? But granted, we have been saying that a little bit, a lot on this podcast. So, I mean, that is a chance that we may not see that. But, Sean, looking at this, looking at this New Mexico State defense, anything stands out to you as a player you want to watch out for? Or is it just UMass offense needs to take advantage? I mean, you know, I could give you the kind of cliche of, you know, oh, I'll go and talk about Chris Ojo or Trevor Brohard. But I, I, it, this comes down to the UMass offense, you know, being able to move the ball eventually. It hasn't mattered so far who they played. They still have struggled to move the ball. Yeah. So this rests on the shoulders of whoever we're going to see at quarterback this week, um, which, you know, for Kyle and I who are calling the game can be a little frustrating doing some prep work. Yeah, a little work bit, and, not really sure <laughs> not who's going to be. Who's going to take the snaps under center? Um, I don't know. Garrett DeZero is what I'm hoping for. I have a feeling we're going to see Campiotti again yeah. at least Zero a little bit. is fighting with some injuries. Yeah. So it comes down to, you know, not turning the ball over for the offense, being able to move the ball a little bit and at least play field position with New Mexico State, and not taking any bad sacks either. I mean, that's been something that's a little frustrating. Considering how much Garrett Tesoro has played, he does, he's taken eight sacks on the year. Yeah. Campiotti's taken five. Brady Olsen's taken two. Zamar Wise has taken three. That's a lot of sacks. Those start to add up, and not all of them are on the linemen at all. I mean, I, I would honestly vouch to say that probably less of them are on the linemen than you think. Um, you know, Campiotti has a tendency to roll into pressure sometimes. DeZero looked kind of lost um, and faced a really good Liberty team when he was in the game for yeah. most of it in terms of pass rush, but I would say those things are really important. Make sure you're not turning the ball over. Make sure you're not handicapping yourself with penalties and sacks, which is something this UMass team has not done a very good job of. They are one of the most penalized teams in the country. Um, and then you know, just be able to move the ball a little bit. Play field position if you have to. So those are my three keys for this yeah. offense this week. Brennan, what do you have for your keys of the game against these New Mexico State Aggies? My keys are definitely get the ball moving early in the air. As we said, there's no star secondary player on their roster, as we could see. And I think it's they just got to get started early. They have to establish that they're an offense that is confident and comfortable back there. And... I feel like once they get the ball rolling, they'll be able to do some great things. But I think the offensive line has also got to do a better job at protecting whoever's in at quarterback. I mean, allowing sacks and false starts, and it could be a killer when it's first first and 10 and then it's first and 25 after back-to-back penalties that have been killing this offense all season long. But So I think the keys are not beating yourselves for UMass for the most part. Yeah, I mean, I think for me the biggest key is you got to get on them early. Long flight from New Mexico over to Mass. I mean, it's gonna be they're gonna be a little sluggish coming out the gate. So if you're UMass, you're sleeping in your own beds the night before. You have a chance to get there, prepare. You know what the field's gonna be like. You gotta go and you gotta get out of that first possession. You gotta make sure keep them uncomfortable for as much as possible. Get out to this first half lead. Don't let up. I think that's where you need to see this UMass team going because I think the longer that this New Mexico State team can hang around, the more they can make a couple of plays to kind of get this games in their favor because I could see a scenario where they escape with this game. I don't oh, absolutely I don't see them outright just outplaying UMass, but I can see them finding a way to escape with a win. Oh 
Ab- absolutely. Yeah, there's a lot I of mean, ways. A- absolutely. I mean, that's the thing where you can see in that. I mean, that's kind of the prediction for both the sides. But, I mean, on the offense, you got to get some consistent movement. You, gotta, you can't get these three and outs every time. Even if you don't score on every drive, which nobody does, you got to keep going. Got to get some better field position. You need to. I know, I've, I know Coach Brown has talked about winning the uh, score, the clock game. Want to keep going, control the clock, control the field. Get the field, have them go in their own 20, 15 yard line, start from there, because the longer these drives are, the more pressure it's going to be on this New Mexico State offense to try to make a play, which I don't think they can make. But looking at this, what do you guys have for the final score? I have the final score being UMass 21, New Mexico State 17. I think UMass will get it going on the ground. I think they're gra- get two touchdowns rushing. And I think whoever's in at quarterback will get a passing touchdown. I think they're going to establish uh, the air game, passing game, this uh, this game, because I think New Mexico State doesn't have that strong of a secondary. And I think it's going to be a very close one. Yep. Sean? Yeah, it's it's definitely going to be close. So New Mexico State right now is a two and a half point favorite. So really, really close. That's insane to me. I don't care. I don't. Th- <laughs> I think that I don't think they should be favorites going into this game. Maybe uh, it's just my bias, but I think they should. Well, be. it's really funny too because it shows you how bad these offenses are too. The over under for this game is thirty nine. So uh, comically low when you compare that around the league, um, around, around college football. Just. North Texas and Western Kentucky, who are both bad football teams, too. The over-under in that game is 70. I'm just looking yeah. at just like some like random ones, because I'm just looking at the top 25. I know it's a top 25. UCLA and Stanford, 66 and a half. Yeah, exactly. Texas A&M will miss 55. 39. Wow. All so right, anyway. It'll be, it'll be low scoring. Um, and honestly, I, I might take the under in this game. I'm gonna, it's going to be a... I'm going to go with the Minutemen winning this one sloppy and ugly. I've got 17 to 10 final. Um, I, I, it'll be close. It'll be interesting. I just don't think either offenses are very good. I think they will struggle immensely. I think New Mexico State will really struggle against this UMass defense. Um, they'll have a hard time moving the ball, a harder time than I think they'll expect. They've played some good teams this year, too, some Power 5 opponents. I think they're going to be surprised on how good this UMass defense is this week. So I'm going to go with the Minutemen pulling out a win here at home, on homecoming. Um, but I can't say it'll be pretty. So, But, you know, a win's a win. Yeah. So uh, Minutemen fans everywhere, I'm sure, will take a win. Uh, this upcoming Saturday. Yeah, I had seventeen to ten too. It's gonna be, a, it's gonna be, it's gonna be a gritty game. I had the same score. I mean, this is gonna be a high scoring game, just as simple as fact as that. But I still think it's gonna be a good game to watch. If you like defense, I like watching two defenses play. UMass is a very good defensive team, so I enjoy watching UMass play because they just do so many things well. I think that if they're, like I said earlier, if their offense was as good as their defense, they would be a really good team. But we have a couple of minutes before we head off for the day. Looking around the college football scoreboard, any games that kind of reach out to you to say, hey, you might want it to go on the couch, watch that game, turn it on? Uh, Tennessee and Kentucky play this week. Yeah. Uh, that's one that kind of jumps out to me off the bat. Those are two very, very good teams. Uh, Will Levis, the quarterback for Kentucky, is maybe the best quarterback in the SEC, definitely competing up there. But also Tennessee you know, has their own guy in Hendon Hooker. Um, and Jalen Hyatt, I mean, that Tennessee's awesome to watch. I really have fun watching them every single week. Them upsetting Alabama was pretty incredible, um, considering the product that Alabama puts on the field every single year. That was fun to watch. Uh, Ohio State and Penn State will be crazy. Ohio State having to go into Penn State. Happy Valley's a super difficult place to win every single year. That's the one I think I've got upset alert on. 
Penn State could win that game. I wouldn't be totally shocked. You know, two and thirteen, and I really. I'm never a fan of Ohio State. Yep. Never have been. I really hope they lose that game. Um, so those will be two games that I'll definitely be keeping my on, uh, eye on while we're uh, up in the booth. But there's a bunch of good games this weekend, honestly. you got Michigan State and Michigan, too. Yep. So kind of across the board, a lot of good stuff. Yeah, history. I always like those Michigan State-Michigan games. 23-point spread, though. It's a lot. But, I mean, either way you look at it. It's a rivalry it, game, Yeah, though. history is history. you got to play for the history. I think that that'll be a really good game to watch out for. Brennan, anything that kind of looks out to you that you say, hey, I'm going to watch this game? I think, like Sean was saying, the Ohio State-Penn State game, I mean, uh, the stadium at Penn State is electric at home. I mean, it's like the rivalry between Ohio State and Penn State coming from someone that hates the Buckeyes from Ohio. Um, I'm really hoping that Penn State wins, and I think they could pull off the upset at home. And I also think um, that the Michigan State and Michigan game were really good because the rivalry has gone back so many years. Um, and I think that's going to be a really good game to check out on Saturday. Yeah, I mean, there's going to be a lot of good games. I'm looking forward to one good one based off team. These are two teams that UMass did play. Toledo and Eastern Michigan. Both these teams are looking to kind of control <laughs> the MAC. I like the MAC. MAC has a lot of good teams. I think Buffalo. I was really impressed with what Buffalo's I saw. Good, yeah. They're a really good team. Like just top to bottom, good football team. That was the first. I think that was the first time that I saw UMass get dominated defensively. They had no answer for what their offense had. Yeah, I would say those first two games. It's tough to say that UMass didn't get dominated. Um, on defense, too. I mean, Toledo really. Toledo did. They did play really well, but I, there was just something about the way Buffalo played. And I, just, I do agree. They were systematic in yeah. how they uh, did that. They kind of just dismantled this UMass defense, did whatever they wanted. Yeah. Um, so that's, uh, you know, certainly makes it interesting. But before we sign off here, guys, uh, you guys have a college football playoff right now? You got four teams right now? Prediction? Kind of putting you on the spot, but. Uh, Brandon, you got to go first on this one. <laughs> I need to think about this. I think the playoffs, I think the four teams are going to be, I'm not I'm not exactly sure the rankings, but I think Ohio State's going to be in again, unfortunately. I think Georgia's going to be back. I think Alabama sneaks in. I think they still have a good, good shot of getting in. And I think Tennessee, I think Tennessee's going to get in. I mean, they beat Alabama with like an upset. Um and Tennessee's looked really good this year. It's going to be interesting to see if three SEC teams can get in this year. Um, yeah, that's... I think because Georgia and Tennessee play each other um, coming up at the end of this year. So one of them is going to lose that game. Whoever wins whoever that game will that, go to the yeah. SEC East. Um, will represent the SEC East in the SEC Championship game. They'll play Alabama as long as Alabama doesn't drop another game, which I have a hard time imagining that they will. Um, so, I mean, that makes it crazy. If you have three one-loss SEC teams, that becomes absolute insanity. That's why the college football playoff being yeah. expanded is probably the greatest thing ever. Um, but there's some other good teams in there. Too. I mean, TCU is undefeated. The Horn Frogs. That the was going to be my high. You know what? I got a hot take. I think TCU Horn Frogs will be in the college football playoff. If they win out, I think they're they, in. How can you not give yeah, it to them? Got, it's like the same way Cincinnati. Ex- well, yeah, you're an undefeated you know, team is playing power good, five. Yeah, and they played a ranked team champion. in Kansas at that point. T- Kansas was ranked, yeah. So they uh-huh. have the they have the wins on their schedule for. Yeah, it. I mean, they absolutely crushed Oklahoma, who was ranked at the time. They beat Oklahoma State, who was ranked. They beat Kansas State, who was ranked. They beat Kansas, who was ranked. They're going to face off against Texas at the end of this season, um, who's a very solid. Um, they've been in and out of the top twenty-five all year, so it's going to be interesting to see. You know, kind of down the stretch. Could a Pac-12 team get in? There's my other question. Oregon, really good. They've got one loss. They got smoked by Georgia in week one, but haven't lost since. USC is really good. They lost to Utah. 
um, you know, last week. Uh, I feel like I'm missing somebody else in the Pac. Oh, in UCLA, yeah. lost I last think week. The Pac-12 is playing for their conference. They're playing for their lives right now. I mean, as a conference, they need to get a team in. I think if they can get a team in the playoff, I'm not saying it's likely to happen. Then I think it kind of they have a chance to survive as a league, especially after losing UCLA and USC. Yeah, it certainly becomes interesting. I I don't know who their best chance to get in though is. That's I think what I kind think of interests Oregon, me. Nah, they got killed by Georgia. Oregon got yeah. smoked by Georgia smoked though. By I do Georgia. think if USC is able to come out and dominate, I still think that they're probably the best chance to get in because they're going to have to face UCLA um, yeah. at the end of the season, which will be you know That'll a be huge a game huge game for you know everybody. And then if they win. The Pac-12 championship game, um, they'll probably have to play Utah, who's on the other side of the Pac-12 there. That could be interesting. Um, you know, a Utah team that they lost to, but if they come out and they smoke them, I really think that gives them a chance to get in. Just becomes interesting. Yeah. The college football playoff, you start rotating these teams in and out. Um, always always interesting, always yeah. a good time. we got to get it to 12 teams. we got to get it to 12 teams ASAP. I can't wait for it. Any final thoughts before we head off for the day? Not much. We've got MUA. We'll have coverage of hockey this weekend, hockey, football. Uh, and then next week, we will have women's basketball. Uh, we'll be on uh, Sunday. Women's basketball this Sunday, actually. I take that back in an exhibition against Assumption. Men's team will play uh, Tuesday against AIC in an exhibition game. And then we'll have football next Friday against UConn. We'll have hockey against Providence on Saturday. And then November 7th is the big day, kind of circled for all basketball fans. We've got a doubleheader on MUA. We'll go women's basketball right into men's basketball. Both teams facing off against Central Connecticut State. You know, busy time at the station, crossover season. You know, it's going to be in full effect for all of us. Uh, so we'll be pretty busy. So you can always keep it locked in on 91.1. We'll have coverage of every single UMass sporting event coming up in the foreseeable future. Yeah. If you're a UMass sports fan, you got to tune in. you got to listen. we got everything you need and a little bit more. I mean, Brennan, any final thoughts before we head out? Yeah, definitely tune in to WMUA this weekend. We got This weekend, this upcoming week, we got a lot of stuff, great content coming out. So stay tuned. Get everybody get ready and be sure to tune in. This Saturday, me and Sean will be on the call. 315 pregame show 330 kickoff time but as always have a good week enjoy your halloween dress up as your favorite characters and as always take it easy sometimes you want to go where everybody knows your name Our troubles are all the same You wanna be where everybody knows your name